Welcome back, Office Hours crew. This is episode 32. Still still stay-at-home style, right? Stay-at-home style. <laughs> Getting real cozy. Hope you got your sweats on. <laughs> Stretchy pants. What is your... you? So I, I know we just got extended another 30 days here in Jersey to sit at home. Where are you at in Georgia? You guys are we all have, open. You guys are open, right? Everything's open? If you want to get your hair done, your nails <laughs> did, and you want to go do some bowling afterwards, by all means, come down to Georgia because that's where we are right now. I, it's weird because um, we were in the spotlight for a little bit for yeah. being that, like, that state. Like, they're going to... And in, I think even the president was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Right. So just kind of put that out there where, you know... Politics aside, wherever you sit on this whole spectrum, like that's kind of where it's at. It's in a very weird, delicate place right now. Um, so yeah, but so make sure you just you have your face mask on. <laughs> that, that's it. That's the new. What is it? New normal. The new normal. There we go. What a weird term. I like it. <laughs> I wish I'd wish I'd coined it and trademarked it long ago. <laughs> mm. you'd, you'd be sitting pretty in these. In, what, what's the what magic air quotes in these challenging times? <laughs> Another one. I can't. I, I just roll my eyes whenever I hear it. Ugh. How many emails have you got that started with that this week? So many. <laughs> so many. I mean, how many have you sent? None. I will say the one, the, the way we coined it down, I mean, at least the one that I've seen it most often, and I caught myself almost doing it in an email was through all of this. Ah, magic air quotes. That's good. Hope you guys are doing okay through all of this. Yes. Or with everything going on. That's the other one I've heard. <laughs> with everything going on right now. Um, Catchphrases. Which I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a big, so I, I've taken the past couple of, weeks a couple months now um i don't know i try to uh, i try to keep reach out to my peoples yeah. like to all the folks in my networks they're and i don't do the best job of hitting every corner of it but um i try to keep track with you know the folks that i'm thinking about when they come to mind kind of just shooting a message or a call um and i don't know it's it's through all of this in these trying times i yep. do think that there is a certain element of you know mental stability and you know connection that we kind of all need as people so if you've gotten a call from me or a text from me just thinking about you if you haven't yet doesn't mean i'm not thinking about you just <laughs> looking maybe just finding the right words to say through all these times and all that good stuff but yeah um especially if you're in the creative world i think that you know we kind of we're all really siloed to begin with yeah you know we all kind of work in our own little corners we have our own little studios or offices or spaces um so it's already a pretty lonely pretty lonely spot to be in 100 and then you add this on top of that and it can get pretty pretty bleak so um i'll just my psa is after this is over is you know if you reach out to your folks your people um and and just see how they're doing even if it's just a hey what's up how are you yeah um doesn't have to be anything fancy or or over the top um i've, I've got a, a friend who owns a small little shop and art gallery called harmony brookside out here in Jersey and her and her partner are just like these great little people. And they just opened this business like a year and a half ago. And of course they're, they're kind of temporarily closed down and or just doing like delivery or whatever. But, uh, twice in the last two months, I've gotten a card in the mail that simply says nothing other than just like, Hey, hope you're doing well. And, and I thought, how cool is that? Every, like the, the first one I got, I was like, Whoa, this is amazing. Like she thought enough to just like write down a note and say, hi, and then I got one like a month and a half later and it just was like, it was better than any Zoom call I had been on in the last two months. Let's put it that way, <laughs> you know? And this is not someone who I speak to on a regular basis. It was just like, 
just kind of made me go like, yeah, all right, be human, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, shoot, at the, at, well, no matter where you are on the opinions of what what to do during exactly. all of this, like I, I think at the end of the day, like we should all just be looking out for each other. Totally. Um, and realistically, like we're all siloed and secluded and distanced and all that. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to just see how they're doing. Yeah. I don't know. I very much have a, like, I've been the benefactor of those calls and text messages and emails and things like that. And I very much appreciate them, which is why I think I've tried to do them as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I also think the other part of it is like, they don't always warrant a res- you don't have to respond so like I, I think that's the other part of it is like if you reach out to someone and they haven't gotten back to you like don't take it personally sure. it's just everyone's kind of going through their own thing right now and we're all kind of trying to figure out what this is this is this new normal right, right? so yeah just a little bit of patience a little bit of grace and you know, know how are yeah. you handling the fact that every what should be phone call is now a video chat that's that's my new interesting like literally clients that I've had for years who we just do phone calls with everything is now video chat which I used to hate doing and now I'm kind of like okay sure I'd like to see it's some like cases cra- yeah it's like you're craving some kind of human connection like yeah. Oh, yeah I'll take it however I can no I don't know I haven't gotten too many um of the Zoom calls I've been on a couple of like zoom slash google hangout and mm-hmm. happy hours like let's let's have a beer in our spaces you and you know i think the challenge the first couple were like you try to treat them like regular hangouts like you're just grabbing a drink with right. folks and like everyone's talking over each other <laughs> and i think as we've gotten further into this people have kind of learned that there's like a there's a method and yeah. like a and everyone takes a turn yeah <laughs> yeah so um I don't know. It's that's been interesting. It's been interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm old. I've 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 never been like. I've always been about picking up the phone. Yeah. You know. I, I don't know. I, I actually I like my phone for for being a phone, not right. necessarily just a text message device. But that's just me. <laughs> Call me old fashioned. It's good though. It's good that you. Uh, it's good that you have that mentality. You know, because I think it's it's easy and uh, keeps you at arm's length to just drop a text, right? It's nice. It's nice to get a text. Don't get me wrong. I like them. But Agreed. like, it's really Agreed. easy to just be like, hey, you know, I'm sitting on the toilet thinking about you. So I'm sending this text as opposed to let me pick up the phone and hear your voice and talk to you and actually actually have a conversation with you. There's a, a massive yeah, absolutely. difference between the two. And so, yeah, I think now now more than ever that's coming into play. And, you know, it's it's nice to get those phone calls and or cards and or whatever. So. Absolutely. I feel like the people that I've called, like I've, I've gotten an opportunity to like jump on the phone and like have a little download with it's, I feel like it's a little respite for, for everybody. You know, it's like, I'm just going to step outside of like, you know, the contained chaos that is my house situation, whether it be like, you know, if you're watching, if you're playing school teacher for your kids or having to do like video conferences on top of that, I I realize there's a lot of hats and stuff to juggle right now. So like, I think the, the times where I've been able to jump on the phone, with folks it's like it's a nice little pause like hey step outside or take a break you know and say all right i can do something outside of my swim lane for once totally which is good totally yeah. and hopefully get back to work <laughs> looking forward to it. i'm looking forward to um i mean you know not to say that i, I think the the path to normal will be magic air quotes normal will be long and a little confusing but i'm looking forward to the day where i can aimlessly wander around a target again yeah I know. That'll be a fun... I'll never take that for granted right? anymore. 
I don't. I didn't. I didn't used to like Target, but I, I think I could like it now. <laughs> Every once in a while, I, I'm I'm a big I'm a big. Uh, let me just peruse. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Let's see what's the, uh, going on I, here. I had to go to Lowe's the other day, and I was trying to I was trying to order stuff because I'm trying to fix parts of the studio that need to be fixed since I got free time, and I was trying to do the whole curbside pickup thing, but for some reason it wasn't working for me, and so I was like, "All right, fine, I'll just you know, like they're open, you can go in the store. I'll just you know gear up and go in the store." And the amount of people that were in the store on a Tuesday at 10 a.m. it was worse than like a Sunday afternoon in the middle of June during regular life yeah just like it was weird though it was weird to like walk around the store pushing a cart trying to find the stuff i needed and and all at the same time thinking to myself like you need to get the fuck out of here like you're not supposed to be here Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be at home yeah exactly (laughs) i I feel like every trip that i make outward like out into the world to go to like an actual brick and mortar it's there's two things on my brain like Number one, making sure you have all the stuff, like all the gear, so that you don't get judged out of the store. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, you do, I've done it too. Like, oh, man, that guy's, like, he's not wearing a mask, and he looks like he don't feel so great. And, like, awesome. But the number two, like, it's kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Um, supermarket sweep? Yeah. Have you ever? Yeah. It's yeah. like, you just, you're just running through the, like, whatever. I needed these things. Totally. And I'm, I'm, you can't see me right now, but I'm like making the gestures where you swing things into the cart with your hands wildly and violently. But like, you're just, you, you're grabbing and running and you're, you're trying to get in and out as quickly as possible. Yeah. And like, I remember, you know, there was a point in my life not too, too long ago where I'd go to the grocery or the Home Depot or whatever. And I would like, walk up and down the aisles and be like, oh, that would be a good project or, oh, I, we could use more of these. And you just like casually drop in the car and you start looking at like perusing, just general yeah. casual shopping. It makes I, it I harder those now. days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because now you're like, I got to get in, I got to get out, got to make sure that I'm not, you know, becoming a threat to anybody else and right. that I'm being safe and socially conscious. And even with Ooh, work, like of- I'm starting to finally book again, like actually book again, not just like little shit here and there, but like, June seems to be people are like, Hey, we need to start selling more stuff. You know, sales are, are booming online. So, um, you know, I don't think I'm going to be shooting a lot of people on location anytime soon, but, but, but the product stuff is, is coming out again. And, and I'm finding that I have to now be on that, on the other side of like, instead of like me pushing the shopping cart, I have to be the guy who owns Lowe's thinking like, okay, how can I do this shoot? How can I make this shoot happen and be open to the public and still keep everybody safe and sound and distanced and, you know, and mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, um, it's funny cause I haven't had to deal with that yet. This is the first time that I've had to like actually deal with, okay, we're going to do a shoot. It's going to take a few days maybe, or a day, you know, am I broadcasting that online? I mean, you and I did a shoot at the beginning of all this where that's what we did. We broadcasted on, on Skype. We screen shared to the mm-hmm. client on Skype so they could see what we were doing and, and make the shoot happen. And so, man, I'm so glad we did that and, and, and figured good, out yeah, a procedure a for that. Because honestly, like, people are calling and they're like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm like, I know exactly what we're going to do. Well, yeah. And it's going to work before. really well. Like, yes, it sucks. And there's a little bit of lag. And like, no, it wasn't as efficient as it, you know, as we normally shoot. But like, we can do this and we can get stuff done and we can get stuff accomplished. And so um, it's, I'm almost approaching it as like a little bit of a challenge. And, and everybody loves a little bit of a challenge. And so um, I don't know, maybe it'll be, end up being kind of fun i hate to downplay it like that but coming up with new ways to do things that's what i'm trying to say yeah and i don't know like uh, call me 
call me naive for painting it in a positive light, but like, you know, this is a pivot point where we're able to kind of refine the process a little bit and think through how we can, you know, be just as creative and have just as much of a good time and create the things that we're all proud of, but like in a way that, that is, you know, responsible, number one. And then two, like it respects where people sit on the spectrum of that responsibility. Right. You know, and like, I'm not about having people be somewhere they don't want to be. And I don't want them to be part of a, like, you know, I don't want them to have to share a space. If they don't want to share a space and like, we'll have that option available to you. Um, I think the conversations I've had have been very similar. It's like having a process of making sure that things are, you know, like bookings are spaced far apart enough or stag. If there's people that need to come into for anything, it's that they're staggered in terms of arrival. Yeah. That everyone's got enough PPE to go around, you know, that we have all the things sanitized, you know, just like the what ifs. It's like, if we wanted to do this, what would we have to be ready for? Yeah. And, and I think like the merit of where, like, at least in my brain, where I sit in that whole spectrum of things is like, you know, anytime I ever have a team, it's always, it's always small. Right. You know, so it's not where like I don't have fifty people to have to worry about congregating someplace. It's like, no, it's, it's three people, you know. That's and massive. While that, yeah. You know, it's like that's that's three to five people. That's doable. We can figure that out. Yeah. So I mean, major props if you have like a huge crew and you're trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, it's a challenge. But I I think there's a solution out there that can work. Just there is. haven't found it yet. You just have to look way back in your life to the time when it was just you and a camera. <laughs> How did, mm. you, how did you get through all the jobs? How'd you then? do that? <laughs> yeah. Because that's going to make you really successful right now, I think. But all right. So on the program today, we have a very special guest, I should say. Yes. Yeah, so very After a very, very long scheduling period. We've been trying to get this girl for like literally, uh, uh, I think like a year. Yeah. <laughs> solid, a solid 12 and months I'm, of just like, hey, when you got time, let us I'm know. Not sure if, is, I'm not sure people. if it's her or you, though, that's caused the issue. It's definitely her. She's like the busy person. I'm like, I'm here to talk with you every other week. So like, clearly, I'm I'm not busy. I got rescheduled a few times. There it is. I'm busy. Ladies and gentlemen, on the program is Miss KV Vu. Welcome. What's up? How's it going? Thanks for having me. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, Like we said, we've been waiting a long time for this. So don't fuck it up. Make it a good one. Oh, no pressure. (laughs) Expectations are high. Um, So for everyone out there in listener land, um, KV is a uh, content creator, visual artist, spoken word artist, incredible writer, and she's based right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So KV, I mean, I guess give the give the folks in Atlanta a little bit of a, a rundown of what you do and how long you've been at it. Ooh, all right. Um, what's up? I'm a videographer, social media maker of sorts, um, and I've been doing this for... How long have we known each other, Ashton? <laughs> I was an intern, so. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, gosh, I mean, I'd Six have to years, think like we're coming up on seven? like seven-ish. Yeah. Right? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You've been at it for a hot minute. And yeah, our first our first meeting was you were the uh, the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed intern mm-hmm. um, around amongst the video team. Yeah, video editor. The old, the old agency where we met once in a past life feel like that's it's just like everyone when anyone that's been in an agency and kind of jumped the fence it's always like so long ago like even if it wasn't it's like oh man remember when yeah like back when <laughs> i was an, so what young. an what an interesting time sounds like everybody's trying to get <laughs> away from life. that place <laughs> it was great it taught me a lot <laughs> <laughs> very uh very good learning experiences yes yes for sure 
So you left the agency and you opened up the doors on your own independent shop. Yeah, I um, left the nest. If you remember, I was going to go to BuzzFeed in LA. Remember, I, I made like a dramatic Facebook post that was like, yeah, I'm going. Atlanta's just too small for me. And that was right around the 2016 elections, presidential elections. And I had already quit my agency job and was like, you know, I'm just going to take a few months and then go to L.A. Um, But then I just didn't really feel right leaving. And I think uh, my co-founder of Wake Up Atlanta at that time, she's like, are you really going to leave Atlanta in a time where change can happen here? And are you going to go to this cushy place that is L.A. and progressive and um, there are a lot of different problems there, but yo, you, you're from the South. Um, you have a unique voice and opinion here and talents. You're gonna le- really leave at this time? And man, I was like, yo, I just quit my job. <laughs> <laughs> but I stayed and I'm, I'm really happy I did. Amazing. So you, you actually had, you, you were booked. You, were spo- you had a job with BuzzFeed. You were supposed to go, right? I was actually on like my second interview or third and I, and they were like, yo, we definitely want you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sounds good to me. And then I quit my job. A- <laughs> it wasn't even sure yet. <laughs> and so for those who don't know, you gave it up to, to create Wake Up Atlanta, which is kind of, I'm going to butcher it, so I'll let you take it, but it's, it's geared towards kind of, uh, it's a movement to get Asian Americans up off their asses and out into the polls and really to kind of, you know, stand up for a, a group that's not being stood up for probably. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Did I do that all right? Exactly, exactly. Um, at the time, I was doing some voter registration, um, just volunteering with uh, a local group here. And um, I, had, I learned that Asian Americans have the lowest uh, voter turnout. And um I was like, whatever. I don't even know if I'm registered to ro- vote. You know, I just like. Oh, so you weren't even something. into it. Yo, I wasn't at oh. all. At all. Um, and I think that's what makes me the best creator for it because I am learning this just as what like as my audience is. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So at the time, I I like think I registered myself at one point when I was doing the the voter registration drive is because I was like, I should probably be into this. Um, and I, but, but I learned that voter registration without voter education does not work because you're just actually messing up your numbers. You're getting all these people to register to vote and then they're not actually coming out to the elections. And so that's why you, you get these numbers like 6,000 Asian Americans are registered to vote, 200 voted. Those are actual numbers in the city of Atlanta. Crazy. And so that's why I stayed to do this work. Crazy. And then on top of that, you went and realized that you still had to make money. So you opened your own shop, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the goal for me has never been to kind of run my own business. Uh, It's always been to work for some company, some agency. But I realized that there wasn't anything like this. So, So when funders ask, you know, who's your competitor? Um, who's already doing this? I'm like, oh, trust me, nobody. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to do this. It, can I say shit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you <okay>. can. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, nobody wants to do this shit. Um, and and so it's nice because we we saw a need and we filled it. Crazy. And the show is, um, where can people find it? What's what's the whole, give, give us the pitch on it. 
Yeah, um, we are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, at Wake Up Atlanta. Awesome. And it's actually a pretty impressive follow. I mean, you guys have garnered a, a, a really good following here in Atlanta. You've gotten attention from, you've been on NPR, on, you know, to talk about the show. And I, I think it's it's wild to think that like this urge to do something bigger than yourself has created this 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 you know avenue to help a lot of people. I mean, I was talking to David before that about your last your last season. It was a pretty ambitious endeavor. I mean, talk us talk to us about that. I mean, you went from starting this thing, which was really great, had a kind of a, a simple goal. Well, not a simple goal, but a pretty straight like a pretty laid out goal. And it's now it's now transformed. So, I mean, talk about what, what that entails now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of transformations. Um, at first, we were just focused on the city of Atlanta. And, well, that was silly because not a lot of Asian Americans actually live in the city of Atlanta. They live, like, on in the outskirts. Um, and if you live in Atlanta, you just know that. So I, don't act, I didn't even live in the city of Atlanta when we started this. And so we were doing a ton of outreach for the mayoral election. And um, when we first started, it was strictly this online platform where we're like, okay, we're, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. But we started seeing a lot of great feedback. And so we started um, our season two. It was focused around the gubernatorial election. So anybody in Georgia could vote. And we saw, you know, folks in the outskirts of Atlanta, Ashton, Duluth, Lawrenceville, Suwanee, start to really get excited about like us coming to their schools. So we went from, you know, just being this online thing to then creating a tour, 20 stop high school and college tour, where we would go and screen our episodes and then have a Q&A and get people to register to vote. So it was this like one-stop shop where you registered to vote, you learned about that upcoming election, and then you go and vote and you can message us online if you had any questions. So that was really cool. And then this season, since we're focusing on census, that's for anyone in the country. So we've been working with a ton of different community organizations to translate our episodes into different languages because we realize that our target audience is like 18 to 35, but they're not the ones filling out the census a lot of times. Um, it's the heads of households. And so we wanted to make that accessible to all the Asian Americans who might not speak English as their primary language. Crazy. Well, so t tell us a couple of those languages. Because I think that, you know, you hear, oh, it's a couple different languages. Maybe it's like Mandarin or, you know, traditional. Oh, not, it's like real specific. Like it's like Burmese, um, Khmer, uh, Tagalog, Cantonese, Mandarin, Korean, Vietnamese, Hindi, Urdu, Gujarati. And I was editing all these videos, like no what? idea what it said, but I was doing it. That's insane. So you're still like total in the chair, doing all the work. Making it all how many? How many? Oh, how many yeah. are on your team are involved in the program? Two. Two. It's me and my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can. I mean, if you need me to make a bigger team, no, <laughs> um, I I do. Um, and we we have a lot of people who help us out. Sure. Um, sure, sure. We have a graphics intern who's amazing, but um, when you really ask, like, how many people are making decisions on our team, it's like two. That's amazing. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, the work that you guys do, like, I, I, I think the best way to kind of talk about it, if if you're in listener land, you should definitely go check out the website. You should look at some of the work, watch the watch the episodes, go back a couple, like, watch all the seasons, um, because the content, while I think 
when it started, it was a couple of years back during, you know, mayoral elections and things like that. It, it's still relevant in terms of the learnings, right? So you're, you're taking, I mean, you know, to your guys' credit, you guys take these relatively complex things and you break them down so that they're digestible. And I think that, you know, you talk about like gerrymandering and I don't know, I feel like Not these are, and it, it, yes. So, I mean, you go through all of these politics being what it is, you know, it doesn't matter regardless of what side you're on or what, what, what Senate side of the aisle you sit on, like they're all, they can be complex ideas that scare people away. And so to have your approach on it, I think that's just really wild. I mean, it's, it's really great to kind of see that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, round of applause number one, but like, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That, I think that's why that um, I said I'm the best person to create it and also um, am an audience member because this is literally my journey, like learning all this stuff. Um, and when we did an interview with a mayor, and I asked him questions. We had to cut so many times because I was like, I don't, I still don't understand what you just said. <laughs> um, and, you know, my co-host, she's a lawyer. So she kind of um, gets it a lot faster. But I'm like, hey, I'm a regular ass person. You don't understand. <laughs> like, you're going to have to keep saying that until I understand you. And, and like, and I think on set, my co-founder was just like, Katie, just like, I'll explain it to you later. You know, we don't want to waste his time. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to learn. Like, this is not me learning right now. This is also you learning, Mayor, that you have to use common language um, for for your citizens to understand and feel like they can access this um, this knowledge. You're, you're literally your own viewer, technically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're not getting um, it, it's your job to, you know, Make sure because you're probably the average person watching the entire program. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be average. <laughs> yeah, right. Holy cow! So, yeah. so real quick, back up. Take me back a little bit, just because I'm curious. You, so you pass on the whole moving to LA thing. You, you quit your job. You have no income. You, so you decide you're going to start this, the show, this program, and everything. But does that, without getting you know into numbers and stuff, does, is that how you make your living now? Is that what? Like, do you live on that show? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, when when I passed on LA, um, my co-founder, Fee Nguyen, she said, hey, there's an opportunity to get $10,000 um, to start this show. And I'm like, $10,000? <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. Uh, <laughs> I was like, we're going to be rich. <laughs> um, and so she writes this uh, grant proposal at the time, uh, the Center for Civic Innovation here in Atlanta, they had an ideas challenge. They said, what would you do with $10,000 to get people to go out and vote? And so Fee writes this stellar application that's like, we're going to make these digestible videos. They're going to be three minutes. And I never once see this application. Um, and through text message, I'm like, yeah, 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 do it. Sounds good. And then we end up getting the thing. And I was like, wait, 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 you said digestible videos in under three minutes, but politics, like, do you know no. what that takes? <laughs> and at the time, I'm like, I have zero gear because I just quit my job. Um, oh, and like my job had all the gear. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, yo, I got an old camera <laughs> and sunlight. Oh, my God. We good? So, you know, we had to buy equipment. and The $10,000 was gone. Like, it was gone like that. So, um <laughs> That is not the way. So not much to live on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, um, 
I create videos uh, for, you know, sometimes corporate clients mm-hmm. and um, I manage social media. That's my kind of my my main source of income. And Wake Up Atlanta is definitely a, a side passion project. So like, you know, you, you have, you win this grant money, you get the first season off the ground and then you start getting, you know, you get some positive, you get some positive feedback, some, some forward motion, right? Yeah. And it starts to grow. So then how do you then go, okay, well, season two, season three, like, you know, where, how does, I mean, when you're going out, I mean, are you, are you trying to like grow that grant proposal money bucket so you can do more or, I mean, like, how does that even work? I mean, that seems pretty daunting to me. Yeah. Yo, honestly, as a person who didn't see this show being more than one season, because I thought it was just a gig. Like I live in a gig economy where everything's just one or two, you know, maybe. Um, and so I was like, cool, this, this thing that we're going to do, we're going to make seven videos and well, that's that. But then, um, the people, the foundation community foundation for greater Atlanta, they funded the first, um, kind of contest. Um, they reached out to us directly and said, Hey, y'all need to have a season two. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I really didn't expect that. And I really wasn't. Uh, planning for a season two and then it just started becoming this thing that grew from there and then for season three they're like oh you need to f- focus on census wow. I'm like oh there's a season three <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna be in la by then <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it just kept growing and um and i don't really know what's next either <laughs> that's cool yeah we just kind of see the need for the community and we keep we keep going but you are but you're venturing out though right you're venturing out into other states and other territories and areas and whatever and so who the hell knows yeah so you're you're as you're growing this thing out i mean you know you, you i think it sounds to me like you've kind of taken uh you've cascaded in terms of the steps of like getting a little bit more ambitious a little bit more adventurous with the content and the depth of it i mean you know like with season three, you're doing you're doing all these translations into different languages. At this point, you have to be working with all these community leaders. Like that has to be relatively complicated. How do you find your way into these communities, or how do you even unearth that these are the ones that we need to to serve or need need the serving the most? Well, census numbers. I looked at census numbers and saw um, how many Asian Americans speak which languages, and that's how we kind of targeted those languages. And we knew that we wanted to do those 15 languages. Uh, well, I started at five, and then and then more communities were like, whoa, I want in on, the, in on this. And um, if we're doing something for access, I didn't feel like I could say no. <laughs> so 15 is our magic number. But honestly, it was really hard to, um, to get in with these communities because like, I don't speak your language, and I'm a younger person who has never been around. And so I reached out to our um, fiscal agent, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, and they've kind of been doing this work. And so they kind of started uh, connecting me with all these community leaders. And I mean, it wasn't easy. They didn't trust me at first. They're like, like, why would we do this thing, spend all this time? And I'm like, number one, I'm doing it for free. So yeah, cool. Um, but it's a lot of work. And so I had to kind of come to a lot of their, uh, come to their meetings and festivals. And once you come and you kind of show that you care about their community and um, you're really passionate about them showing up for themselves and empowering themselves with census numbers, they 
they finally warmed up to me. <laughs> and um, we started working together to, number one, just translate the script that we had. Um, so we tried to make it super easy for them. Um, like I would give them like steps. Like here are these three steps. Number one, translate the script. Number two, find me two people who are fluent in this language. Number three, show up here. That's it. Um, and and then we would like, you know, go from there. And we, um, at first, because I'm an idiot, <laughs> I was like, oh, you guys just, just memorize these, the script, right? And say it to the camera. You're fluent in this language. Um, I didn't realize how hard it is for like regular people to to like remember a sentence and then say it to the camera in this charismatic, like adorable way. Um, and on top of that, they're saying really difficult words um, that are like senses related, you know? So um, even for us in English to talk about senses, it's not, it's not like common language. Right. And that's the, that piece that I forgot. And so, man, our first shoot was like six hours. And I, play, I, I like smushed them in there. I was like, okay, each video... Um, each, each language has two hours and they were like, nah, bruh. <laughs> um, and yeah, it just took really long. And then we eventually, like the next day we had another shoot and my, um, my intern was like, we need a teleprompter. You don't understand. You're making these people remember these sentences that are like, like, just these like extremely difficult words um, that they don't even say in their own languages because right. in Vietnam there's no census, so you have to like explain all this. Oh shit! Um, yeah, it's just really hard. And, like, I was it's gonna like, say like, it, how is it to like you're because you're taking these complex. I mean, you, you know, I think that people kind of take for granted how complex these things actually are if you have no. No idea or basis of which to found it on, right? Like exactly. we understand the census because we kind of grew up with the idea of like, this thing happens every 10 years. You understand, oh, okay, they count the people so they can know where to put money and draw lines and give people candidates and all that kind of stuff. So you understand or you get it. You have a gist. Right, And like, right. like I think of like where, like I think most people's logical pickup point for a show like Wake Up would be like, oh, tell me the more nitty gritty details of the census. But you're even going a step further and saying like, You've never heard of this idea of counting people before for this purpose. Exactly. And now like, you have to try to decipher it into a completely different language. Yeah, yeah. Because when, cause when you say, um, for example, the census is for, uh, you know, it decides how many representatives we have. They're like, what representatives? I'm like, know. oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, it's for us to draw lines. And they're like, what lines? I'm like, okay. Let's start from one wow. <laughs> and, and let's educate you on this portion first and then we'll get over here. And so we had to come up with um, really simple examples like, all right, you're having a pizza party. I ask you how many people are coming. You tell me three. I prepare three pizzas. You bring 30, like not everybody gets pizza. Same idea. Just everybody needs to RSVP to this thing that is the United States. And that's the census. Everybody understands pizza. Everybody that's understands pizza. The, gr the, gr the great connector of our democracy. Pizza. pizza. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, and for some communities, we worked with them to make it um, super specific to their community. So for Vietnamese, um, they didn't use pizza. They used uh, banh mi. Um, or for, oh, um, uh, for Korean, like literally for every language, they used a different um, 
different like food, food. reference, something that's yeah. like culturally makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's really wild. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, like, I guess at, at one hand, this has to be, I mean, number one, this is a, I just listened to this and it's, it, that sounds like an overwhelming amount of work, right? And of like effort, because you're trying to, I don't know, like, I, I, I think that, you know, I think to like some of the, I think to, like, I'm, I'm half Asian, so like my family, they're pretty good. I love them. They're all great people. But like <laughs> explaining some complex things about like, you know, government and things like that, it's usually a little like without any say one way or the other, right? It's it's generally pretty hard to like get that across, right? Because it's, it's, you know, they don't understand or they don't want to. And yeah. who are you to tell me? Because, you know, you're just, you're just a little one, you know? So I think like culturally, like the younger you are, the less clout you carry in a conversation with, with your family. <laughs> Or with for amongst sure. people, sure. For um, sure. So like that sounds like a lot of work, but then I guess like for you, I mean, to to continue to do this, it must be relatively. It has been pretty rewarding, right? Yeah, I think it's rewarding. Um, so on the respect note, yeah, there's um, there's definitely like a lot of tiptoeing that I have to do, and I think that if I wasn't um, a younger Asian American person, I wouldn't know that I'd have to tiptoe. You know what I mean? Um, and just knowing that like, I've been around my mom and like the aunties around and she's like, why? Like, you can't just directly hand that to her. And I'm like, Whoa, (laughs) I did not know. I broke some cultural (laughs) rules here. Um, and so like, because I grew up with my life experiences, uh, going into this, I knew that, Hey, I'm like, can I call you at this time? Like, thank you so much for helping us out. Um, he's going to show you like over here. Do you mind if you stand up? It's a lot of those things that, um, yo, for a client, I'd be like, stand up. We're doing this for free. (laughs) Um, but even when we're doing this for free, you have to be really gentle, um, and respectful in a, a culturally appropriate way. Um, and so, yeah. And, but it is, it is so rewarding when, when you reach out to a community, and it's a lot of communities that we reached out to who have never had any professional work done before, because I mean, the extent of their like professional uh, video thing is like a national uh, TV station. And uh, so for the Burmese community, for example, um, I like since I'm Vietnamese, I had no idea like how many Burmese people were here, like the like how many different dialects they spoke um but once i got in with the community i started going to their festivals it was amazing it was just like giant karaoke party so cool (laughs) um and once we made the video for them they're like this is the most professional thing we've ever had in our language ever like in history and we're like whoa this is like okay (laughs) i'm touched and they said um they posted it on their facebook and it got like 6,000 shares in like two days. That's insane. And it's a census video. You know what I mean? That's like insane. it's not sexy. Um, but people were just so excited and hungry to see a local video in their language. Is it a well, selling point? for them. Is it a selling point that you're essentially doing it for nothing? Is that is, like, do you, do you find that that gains people's trust when you're like hey i'm just here no, no. <laughs> they don't give a shit no absolutely <laughs> not um i actually wish that um 
looking back, I wish that we charged them like a little bit of money because mm-hmm. people become more committed when they spent money on it. But totally. when the, it, it's like almost too good to be true, right? For this group to just like make this super professional thing for you for nothing. Um, and so I, I found it like it was a little bit of pulling teeth to get them to like uh, rehearse. Like I, I actually had to start planning rehearsal times because they're like, I got it. I know this language. I've been speaking it for years. And I'm like, no, 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 that's kind of different. It's on camera. Lights are on you. There's camera. You know, there's a lot of people watching you too uh, on set. And so I had to start planning like two or three um, video calls to be like, okay, just do the script one more time. And they're not used to that. They're just regular people. Right. Uh, so then what's the balance now between this? Do we call it a project? What do we call it? Is it a project? I can say project. Yeah, right? project. <laughs> what's the balance between this, this project <laughs> and and the rest of your job, your career? What do you, how do you, because so passion projects take over and they dictate oh, the rest of your life. Yeah. I, I, I've seen this firsthand. So I'd be curious to get yeah. your take on this. <laughs> Yeah. So our first season, Wake Up Atlanta, was just a thing. It was just the seven deliverables that I was going to do. Um, second season, same thing. Like, you know, they reached out to us. Here's a little more money. It was a big chunk of money. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, it's not bad. Um, but the second that we did this thing, we created these graphics. Um, so in a lot of elections, there's these um, referenda at the the end of your ballot that's like super confusing, super wordy. Um, when I looked at my sample ballot, I did not understand what it was saying. And so I texted my co-founder Fee and I'm like, can you decipher this? Cause I'm trying to go vote and I don't understand it. And she takes like two days to come back to me. And she's like, KV, I'm sorry. I honestly don't understand it either. And I'm a freaking lawyer. <laughs> and so we sit down just personally to try to decipher this and like do research on it. And then we realize, wait, like this could probably just be wake up Atlanta as well. Um, Cause if I'm confused, I know people are hella confused. Right. Um, so, so we started making these graphics that are like, what does it say? What does it mean? Like, what does it really mean um, in words that you understand? And then how did your representatives vote on it? And those graphics, once we put it out, like it went, like, I would say Atlanta viral. Um, I started seeing it on like Reddit and a ton of posts. Like people would send it to me and be like, did you make this? Like it says Wake Up Atlanta <laughs> at the top. Um, and the coolest thing was like on the day that I went to vote, there were people in line looking at the graphic. Whoa. Yeah. And like, and I I started some small talk. I'm like, yeah, those referenda then, like, aren't they so hard? And this guy was like, no, look at this. This is really easy to understand. And he zooms in on like my graphic. And I was like, ah, that's wild. Do you find that helpful? Isn't the design great in the color palette? Um, <laughs> but yeah, ever since um, that kind of took off, I started seeing Wake Up Atlanta as, um, as something bigger. And so the second um, we realized that we were helping more people, I got on more interns to help with my other projects, um, with my job job. And um, I started, I gave myself an eight month period to train my intern so that she can kind of be uh, kind of self-sufficient with my clients and other projects. And so that's been going really great. Um, But I would say Wake Up Atlanta is maybe 30% of my time. That's a lot. The other, 
Yeah, it's it's a good chunk. That's a lot. Wow. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Mad respect. It's my baby. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't have kids. <laughs> so I make programs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you found that like, you know, the stuff that you've been like how much of your your professional workload dovetails into your personal project with with wake up i mean like i feel like obviously there's got to be some magic air quote synergies there there's some some crossover in terms of that i mean i guess you know in in to compartmentalize your life and say this is my personal project this is what you know makes me happy to do from my heart and then these are what things that i do that i like but they are very much commerce right like to keep my bills paid where is the middle part of that? Wow. Such an existential, like, wow, are you doing things <laughs> for you? Dig deep. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Like recently, um, it's, it's a good thing that Wake Up Atlanta works in seasons. Um, so, uh, you know, when we're focusing on the gubernatorial election, like after the election date, I'm done. Like I drop everything and I can get back to kind of life. But um, I've found that a lot of my other passion projects became Wake Up Atlanta. Like, oh, the, you know, b- before I was um, fi- uh, interviewing people, like one of my passion projects was interviewing people on their oral histories um, and finding out, you know, like, uh, how did your ancestors come here? And how was that journey like? Um, I think that now I'm doing uh, the same thing. I'm just not recording it. I'm talking to these communities and I'm getting to know them, asking them how they came here. What was that process like? And then end goal, making the census video. But I'm still making those connections that that are really rich and and that I'm really passionate about anyway. It's funny because like I, I feel like when you do projects like that and it all end up it all ends up just intertwining, right? Like there is no there is no start and stop. You know, even I, I gotta be honest, even with a lot of my commercial work now, like there is no start and stop. I just do it. You know, it, it, yeah, it might be 11 p.m. It might be <clears> 6 a.m. But like, it, you know, it's not all day, every day either. It's like, it just kind of comes and goes and you just kind of learn to work with it, right? You just kind of learn to harness it and I don't know, do yeah. your best when you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, for I've gotten so many clients who um, have reached out because of Wake Up Atlanta um, that said, hey, we want to make something really similar to this. You clearly know how to write a script um, and edit this way. Can you do it with our hosts? You know, just like replace you. <laughs> with us. <laughs> <laughs> with, with us. And I'm like, fine, whatever. If you'll pay for it. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's been really great. Even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as, some, some as a, so as a creator, that's, you know, you've you've built a business you know, doing what you, what you're talented and skilled at. And then that, and along that path, it parlayed into something a little bit bigger that serves more than just yourself. Um, and you built that too. And that's on its way. I mean, they're both kind of growing at these relatively breakneck paces. I mean, you're, they're, they're growing very quickly. You know, I guess what would, what would you, what would you tell a young creator or a young, uh, a young artist that's striving to do something similar? What's the, how do you get started in finding that thing that serves something greater than yourself mm. while still doing what you need to do to make ends meet and all that? Yeah. Ooh. ooh, ooh. <laughs> like what would, what would you, KB today, tell KB five years ago? Yeah. Um, 
go to LA. <laughs> I know. Like, just go, girl. You can do this. Like, like, bye, Atlanta. Um, I would say on the, I think on the do good, uh, be part of something bigger than yourself part, find the why. Something that we learned in the Center for Civic Innovation Fellowship is that you have to start with the problem. A lot of people find have a solution and then they find the problem that they're like, oh, I already have a solution. Let me let me do the thing. Um, but for Wake Up Atlanta, what's nice is that um, we're we're a relatively small team. So we're able to just kind of move. So for those graphics, for example, that we created, it didn't need to be a video. We didn't just keep pushing video. We're like, uh, this probably needs to be a graphic. And we made the graphic because that was the problem. People just couldn't understand um, that, that amendment. And so um, I think finding the problem and then thinking about how to solve that problem um, is much better than always trying to find a solution to like do the good thing or save the world. Yeah, and all it all comes back to like, why are you doing this? I feel like people can get wrapped up too in like, you seem to be avoiding this so far, so keep up the good work. But like people get wrapped up in like that saving the world thing, right? And that and that whole like, oh man, I'm doing good. So now I just need to do more good because this is all I have, <laughs> right? And so you just like, you know, like you said, like you could have forced video down every avenue, but that's not what it really needed. So you, you do have to take a step back and like, you know, readdress everything every once in a while and say like, are we doing the best that we can for the cause and not for what you feel like doing? That's tough yeah. too, though. That's really hard because sometimes you just want to make some cool shit that you want to make. Yeah, sometimes you do just want to make cool videos, and everyone's like drawn to videos. All the, um, all the, like executive directors that I know, they're like, "Yeah, we want to, we want you to make this video," and I'm like, "But <laughs> is a video what you need?" Right. Um, and I think the 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 really good content creators are asking those questions. We're becoming consultants, if you will. We're asking, you know, what is your main purpose? Uh, what is your goal for this thing that we're collaborating on so that I can kind of help you get there? Because at the end of the day, if I make you a video and you don't know how to use that video to make sure that people see it or are getting anything out of it, then I didn't really make a video, did I? Well, when I'm pulling away from this, and I think like I, I've seen this, I've seen parallels in my own my own workings and stuff like that in the time of the trenches is like, you know, to your point, the problem doesn't have to be save the world that you're trying to solve, right? Like, the problem is, you know, for use wake up as an example, it's get more people registered to vote. That's a big that's a big problem, but it's not save the world through democracy, right? Like it's it's get people to register to vote, and you know, that's. That's one hurdle, right? And once you cross that finish line, okay, on to the next race. What's the next thing? And so I think almost like, you know, as as creators, the, to your point, asking the why, like, why are we doing this? And, you know, when everything that we make, you know, the, 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 the solution, the widget that we make should fit the problem. And it doesn't always have to be a large scale, multi-layered, multifaceted problem. It can just be one thing. And, you know, that way you have focus and drive and direction and it leads you to the next thing. So maybe in the grand scheme of things, you might change the world. You'll fix things. You'll, you know, whatever. But on a micro scale, it's just, it's a little bit smaller. It's, it's a lot of little wins tailored up to one very, very big win. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I one, um, one thing that I, 
I don't know, for a young creator, um, like a, a young KV, I think I was looking for LA because I wanted to be this um, nationally successful um, because that's what society wants. That's what my mom wants. You know, she's like, uh, when are you going to be on CNN? <laughs> and I'm like, mm, you know, and, and she's like, I know you made your own little thing, but like, that's because you can't be on CNN, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's a lot of educating. Like, hey, mom, like I... I don't want to be on CNN because none of the people around me are watching CNN. Mm. Um, and so I found the need that uh, CNN is old traditional news. And, um, and it's okay to not make this national content because we have so much national content. Yeah. Um, we need some more lo like good local content that people um, can relate to. And if I say, like, if I talk about a certain street, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think, but what's interesting, though, is that, like, national content starts off as backyard bullshit. Mm -hmm. It always does, you know? Yeah. It's not that you're not on CNN. You're just not on CNN yet. Yeah, yeah. You I, know? I think so. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's um, going to suck because it's, you know, a bunch of old white dudes on CNN. But who knows? <laughs> like, you, that might be the breakup, though. Like, you don't know. You might be the... The young Asian girl that goes on and rustles everybody feathers and gets the world moving. Like, who the hell knows? Yeah, that will be my mom's dream <laughs> <laughs> when I make it on CNN. I was like, Mom, I was on NPR. And she's like, what the hell sure, is What NPR? is that? <laughs> well, and I think it's interesting because, like, you know, we're seeing this now, though. It's the democratization of what we do as as creators, as as makers and doers, right? Like, you don't have to have... I mean, look at any famous YouTuber. You don't have to have yeah. a network deal, you know, to get people to watch your stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it comes down to whenever, like, I try to, like, I'm trying to distill it down and dumb it down. It's like, they solve a problem. What, who's there that hasn't been served and fill that niche and make stuff for them? And, you know, the eyeballs will come and the next problem will unveil itself to you and you just kind of keep doing that. And I think that, I mean, to your to your mother, like, that's a like I I feel that like I feel that as some you know there's always that oh you're still a photographer moment like yeah that's that's what I'm doing but yeah. like it's it's a generational thing right like you don't success is measured on a much different scale and the pathway to get there is is such too you know so I think that's really really cool well I, I think that is a lot to digest <laughs> <laughs> I think. You know, if you're out there in listener land, you should definitely check out Wake Up Atlanta. It's an incredible series, um, three seasons of really great content that even if you aren't part of this this community, this Asian community directly, there's a lot of really good learning points in there, especially if you're a, an Atlanta native. And I think as the seasons have gone on, the, the content has tailored itself to a more national crowd too. So um, yeah. I think that there's a lot there for that and you should definitely check it out. It's delivered in a charming way too. I mean, like, Absolutely. you know, I, yeah, I, we charming. I'm not Asian and I'm not in Atlanta, but I've watched a bunch of them because it's highly educational across the board. And it's not, it's not a bunch of bullshit rammed down your throat. And it's not a bunch of like, you know, just ugh. it's, it's, it's funny and it's witty and it's charming. And I think that that's, I think that's what the world needs right now in politics and in that kind of thing. So congrats, kudos for that. Thank you. Yeah, what people are noticing now uh, most is our TikToks. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> go to where you know, the eyeballs now, are. 
now we can only make uh, content at home. And I, I joke like I spent, you know, $20,000 making these PSAs and people are just sharing our TikToks. And I'm like, kill me. <laughs> Freaking kill me. <laughs> That's the story. Well, KB, thank you so very much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Again, yeah, for everyone out there in listener land, uh, wake up Atlanta, check it out. Seasons one, two, and three. Um, they're on Facebook, Instagram. You can Google it too. And then KB Vu, it's kvbu.com. Uh, um, go check her out, send her a note, drop her a line, all that good stuff. Um, KB, thank you. Slide thank you, thank you, DMs. thank you. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. Good stuff. Good chat. And that's going to do it for us here at the Office Hours Podcast. Uh, we Again, we really appreciate KB coming on for the program. And um, if you enjoyed this program, share it with a friend because sharing is caring if we haven't learned anything about all this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Office Hours Podcast is mastered in stereo sound by David Patino at the Tannery Studio in Stanhope, New Jersey. And uh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it for us. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Peace.